Hey guys, welcome back to Slinging Stones podcast. We are back, but this is a little bit different. We're doing something just a little bit off kilter. We're doing a live podcast here uh, for David Alexander's class in South Shelby Baptist Church. Um, we don't know how well this is going to go. They may boo us out of the room, and they're looking at us making faces, and you know, I don't think they like us here. But Luke, how you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm tired. I'm sore, but uh, to quote one of our audience members here i'm blessed and highly favored there he is so today we are going to do something a little bit different we're going to skip a couple words we got the four words in romans last time but we're going to skip a couple words and we're going to go to um romans chapter one verse five and the reason we want to do this is because it's been kind of heavy on my heart um and i'm guilty of this and this is probably why it's heavy on my heart and burdensome is obedience. Where do we sit in our obedience? Because um, here in, in today's terms, we, we lack, we, we just, we set the bar so low and we somehow think that we're living some Christ-like life that we're, that, you know, oh, we go to church on Wednesday and Sunday, you know, we may not cuss or we may not, you know, do all this, but we, we, we act and we have characteristics of what is not to be you know, anger, jealousy, lust, uh, all these different characteristics we show. And not only do we show it behind closed doors, we have the unfortunate where we show it as our witness to the world. And that kind of hurts what we're supposed to be doing. Well, when you, when you think about obedience in the Christian walk, especially what it means to the Christian or should mean, you have to take obedience for more than just a word. Obedience is a verb. It is something that we should be actively engaged in. And in order to be obedient, it ties everything in our Christian walk. Without obedience, your Christian walk, I would venture to say, it verges on hollow. Yeah. So what we're talking about when we're talking about verse 5 is, is it says, through whom we've received grace and apostleship to bring out, to bring about the obedience of faith through the sake of his name among all the nations. All the nations is around us each and every day. Now, that's the ESV version. But as we look at obedience, the scriptures clearly say that God saves us for two specific purposes, to obey him and to lead other people to obey him from all nations, from the ones around us, from the ones that we are to come in contact with, and for the ones that we purposely put ourselves in front of. So every day when we walk through our life as a if you're a banker to a lumber salesman to a janitor to a CEO, if you're living in a saved and redeemed life, you should be looking for opportunities to not only glorify God, but to spread the gospel. And that is part of our obedience to him. Um, I love it. The other night we heard some great, uh, some great words from uh, Jeremiah Castile. And, you know, he, he said that, a couple little things. He said, without humility, you can forget about obedience. And I think it's the other way around, too. I think Absolutely. Without obedience, you can forget about humility because pride is the opposite of obeying. Well, if, well, you know, back to what I was talking about, if you don't have that obedience as the cornerstone of your faith, because you, you, you first had to be obedient to the Holy Spirit when he called you. 
That was the first step in your obedience to God. And then your obedience goes further when you submit. And you're not going to be submissive if you're not obedient. And you're not going to be obedient if you're not submissive. You're not going to be faithful if you're not obedient. And faith creates strength. Faith, faith promotes obedience. So everything hinges around the obedient part of it. Are you being intentionally obedient every day? Um, because the, the Scripture tells us that we are to die to ourselves daily. That's obedience. The Scripture tells us that we are to take up our cross and bear it daily. Again, that's obedience. If you don't purposefully, intentfully obey the things that God is telling you to do, you are going to miss the mark. It's not a might. It's not a maybe. You will miss the mark, and you will miss it by a lot. Yeah. You know, God wants men and women to obey him as his children, as his saved. Um, therefore, you know, like when God saves us, he saves us primarily to obey him and to carry the glorious message of, of obedience to a rebellious and corrupt world. Uh, God calls us to obey the faith and to proclaim obedience to all the nations. There's several facts about obedience uh, that we're going to go over. One is there's a massive difference between forced obedience and free obedience. Absolutely. You know, A, forced obedience has no choice and reveals fear of rebellion, lack of control, weakness of purpose, selfishness and self-centeredness, low self-esteem, and no sense of godliness. While free obedience has a choice and could choose to obey or not to obey, therefore free obedience reveals love and trust, um, interest and care, a sense of godliness, a sense of brotherhood, a strength and purpose, uh, strength of purpose and will, and a knowledge of self, self and confidence in self. So, you know, do do we have a God that can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants? Yes, but we have the free will to obey or not to obey. Well, let's let's just be honest here. How much easier would it be to be a follower of Christ, to be all in and sold out for Christ? If God forced that on us, if he just put that in us and said, okay, this is who you are, I'm forcing it on you, you don't have a choice in it, it would be easier. But would it be as rewarding in our lives? Would it be as rich in our lives? Would it be as fulfilling in our lives as if, you know, the opposite side of that is we do it willingly, that, that God works, works on our lives, he changes us, he molds us, and because we're obedient, and, and, and we, we yield to the Holy Spirit and His calling, the more we do that, the more we want to do that, the more, the more hunger and drive we get to do it. And it becomes not so much a thing of obedience as a thing of use me. Yeah, and, you know, I tell you what, the one forced obedience that I would want to be in, uh, if, if, if you're wanting a forced obedience, force yourself to be obedient. That creates... As we heard the other night, if you get up in the morning and you want to create and live excellence, which you should, you should want to live the top tier life that you can live. You should force yourself to be obedient to obedient to God's word. And I promise you, obedience is painful. It's uncomfortable. But I promise you, in the end, you're going to be better off. You're not going to live with a small satisfaction portion, a small size, a quick satisfaction of the world. You're going to live with a Inter eternal satisfaction of God and being a part of his kingdom on this earth and the next life. You know, every day that we wake up, we need God's grace. We need God's mercy. 
Um, we, we need God's hand to just lift us up because, you know, as, as Jeremiah Castile said, God called every one of us to be victorious. It is our lack of humbleness, humility, and obedience that prevents us from living a victorious lifestyle. The battle has already been won. All we have to do is walk in the glory and, and the victory of it all. But to get that, that mercy and the grace and all that that we need every day, you've got to be obedient. Everything circles back around to obedience. You can even take Christ's ministry on this earth. He could have chosen because he was all God and he was all man. He could have chosen, no, I'm not doing this. But he said multiple times in his ministry, documented, recorded, not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. Even to the point where he, you know, the time was drawing near and he knew that his time on the cross and to be beaten and, and all those horrible things, it was all right there. He said, if, if, if it can, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And there was no greater act of obedience anywhere I would venture to say in the scripture than right there, that submission to, okay, I've got to do this because you said it's got to be done. You're exactly right. Amen. Um, so let's look. If you got pens out, if you want to take down some scriptures, here it goes because it's about to go fast and furious. All right, you ready? So scripture demonstrates and shows us the following about obedience. Obedience demonstrates a person that is wise, Matthew seven twenty four. Obedience demonstrates love, John 14, 21. Obedience demonstrates God is worthy in Acts 5, 29. Obedience demonstrates Christ is of God, John 7, 17. Obedience assures several things. It assures a prosperous life and success, Joshua 1, 8. Obedience assures entrance into the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 7, 21 and Luke 8, 21. Obedience assures the mercy of God, Exodus 26, 26. That's chapter 20, verse 6. Obedience assures that a person is a member of God's family. Uh, Mark 3, 35. Um, obedience assures being blessed. Luke eleven twenty eight. Obedience assures that we know the truth. John 7, 17. Obedience assures the abiding presence, abiding presence of the Father and of Christ. John 14, 23. Obedience assures deliverance from enemies. Exodus 23, 22. Obedience assures that God will be our God and that all things will work out for our good. Jeremiah 7, 23. And last but not least, God, obedience assures being loved by God and by Christ. John 15, 10. So we see all these things. So obedience is not just laid out in where rules are, Levitical law or, you know, what we're told not to do and to do. It's laid out throughout the entire scripture. And there's a lot more to that. I mean, that's that's just that's scratching the surface. So when we look at obedience, when we look at, you know, how we're supposed to live, you know, when we get up in the morning, what starts our day? What makes our day start with obedience? Does it start by brushing our teeth? Does it start by brushing our hair? Does it start by taking a shower so we don't stink for the day? Does it start by, you know, making sure we've ate, eaten a great healthy breakfast of brands and oats and bananas and nuts and apples and all that sort of stuff. No, it starts with getting in the word, getting to be with God in prayer and meditation and, and into his word. And it takes the opportunity to start your day, not only 
mentally getting prepared, but spiritually getting prepared. Because if you start it in the day, in the morning, before you start your day, you're much less, you're, you're, you're not going to be as prone to get overtaken by the world. Well, when I open my eyes, the first thing I do is, is I thank God for the day. You know, I may wake up and feel like crap, but at least I woke up. Um, at least I got the, another opportunity that, you know, to, to, if nothing else, if I, if I don't leave the house all day long, I've still got the opportunity to sit down and enjoy God's creation. And as, uh, you know, as Jeremiah Castile said, if you don't believe in creation, just look outside. There's a whole bunch of it going on all around us. You know, there's something to be thankful for in itself. And it's another day to get into God's word, to dig a little bit deeper. And there are people that come home to my house every day that I get to be a witness to. Um, and all of that's obedience. Every bit of that is obedience. Because the scripture tells us that if we don't worship, that the rocks will cry out. Well, us worshiping, our worship is an act of obedience. The scripture tells the, you know, the, the men that are listening that we're supposed to be the leaders of our household. We're supposed to be the priests in our household. Well, doing that is to be obedient. And all of those things lead to a deeper, richer, fuller relationship with Christ. Well, I mean, you look at, you look at what certain people in the Bible, you look at what happened if they wouldn't have been obedient. Let's just take, for example, look at King Saul. He was not obedient. He was given directive. He didn't listen to it. And guess what? He was taken out of line. He was taken out, and then the next successor was found. David, a shepherd, was found. David was obedient. You know, a lot of times our obedience gets off track, gets off point. When we're looking good, we're like ADHD squirrels. If something flies in our sight path, if we're looking straight at God and something flies in our sight path, we're, we're gone. We're, we are distracted. You know, it's like these kids nowadays that they're distracted. They're hyper. You got to put them on leashes. Now I've seen it at Walmart. Don't ask me what it's all about, but it, it, if we are looking at God and we are not completely prepared that something's going to fly on our sightline, because it is, if the devil's not trying to get you, if the enemy's not trying to get you distracted, you may not be living the life you think you're living. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, why not be prepared? Um, you know, every day I go out, I can guarantee you, I can already, I can already tell you that by lunch, I've already been hammered on. I mean, in the, in the, in the industry that I, that I, that I work in, but you know, it, it doesn't just happen with jobs. It could happen with family. It, you know, at any moment it could happen with family. It can happen with friends. It can happen with, you know, any drama, any time. But when, we are blatantly disobedient to God. Just, just a question to pose, and 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 we'll discuss it. But when we're blatantly disobedient to God, how do we think? If how would you think if, as a parent, if your child was blatantly disobedient to you after you've done everything for them, how would God? How do you think God feels when you're blatantly just spitting on what He's telling you not to do? You know, we've talked about before in a couple of the other podcasts of when we're purposefully and intentfully disobedient. Um, and and not just in the big things, you know, in, in the little things. When you're purposefully disobedient, you may as well be standing in the crowd at, at, at the foot of Pilate 
screaming, give us Barabbas at the top of your lungs. You may as well be the one yelling, crucify him. Because Christ did not do what he did for us, for us to take it for granted. This Holy Scripture hasn't stood the test of time for as long as it has for us to ignore it. When we will sit down and read an article on the Internet that is loosely based in half-truths, and we'll take it to heart. Hey, nothing, nothing's a lie on the Internet. Right. If, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. Exactly. But then you've got, you know, multiple eyewitness accounts of just Christ's ministry, multiple eyewitnesses' accounts documented, written out. There are people alive today, some that we, we saw at a conference that we went to that held the scrolls of Isaiah mm-hmm. in his hands. That's written documentation of events that took place. Well, I mean, you can even come even closer. I mean, you look at some of the greatest, some of the greatest minds biblically that look at where the living word has changed them and put them into a different perspective. You look at you look at Luther, Luther in the book of Romans, Martin Luther was changed by what Romans was saying in Romans 1, 16, 17, and that led to the Protestant Reformation. And then you go where you have, um, why am I drawing a blank now? Uh, my name's Luke. You can use that name. Your name's Luke. Um, I'm sorry, guys. That's ridiculous. Well, you've only got a half a book of notes there. I, I, I can't remember nothing no more. But you've got all these different people. Well, I'm sorry, John Wesley. John Wesley had his heart warmed by what Romans was telling him and, you know, kind of led into that. You see all these different, you know, people that were great thinkers and and you see what God's word says to them and did for them. It warmed their hearts. It gave them a new invigoration in life. And so as we say, if we don't, if we think we've read the Bible and we're done, you're done. That's not, that's not the way to go about. That's not, that's not how obedience works. The best way to do it and the best way I describe it is God's word is molding living it's a fingerprint it's going to mean something completely different probably in your setting in life than someone else's but it also will change its purpose for you in your life the next time you read it in six seven eight months you're in a different time you're in a different circumstance um if you're a non-believer and you read it and it changes your life and you become to know and you come to know christ and then you read it two years from now a piece of scripture it could be something completely different because you're 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 coming to know Christ and now as you grow as from an infant believer to a more mature and more knowledgeable believer it's going to mean something different it's going to stand in you a little differently and that's molding that's funny that a book written 2000 years ago can mold and move like that and some of these books if you look at the first 39 those were written over 2500 years ago and they still mold and move and are more they're more meaningful today than most some would say they're they're so they're meaningful today as they were ever especially in my life or in your life um you could take moses and use half of his story and put it exactly what we're going through now david right now well i look at abraham yeah you know you look at abraham uh when we're talking about just strictly obedience if we just go into the obedience category how many times had did was abraham just flat-out prostrate obedient, did exactly what God told him to do, exactly how God told him to do it. Um, Then 
you go the flip side of that coin where he was disobedient a few times mm. and look what happened. Um, disobedience always leads to disaster, but just because we're disobedient and disastrous things happen doesn't mean that God can't use that for his glory. Um, that's the beautiful thing about who God is. He can take our shambles and turn them into mosaics that are unbelievably beautiful for other people to see. Um, you're having some technical difficulties there. It looks I like you're wrestling an octopus. It. I flipped it off. Um, I flipped my headphones off. But, okay, so, um, and I'm sorry to do that right in the middle of your speech, my bad. Oh, that's okay. It was um, amusing. <laughs> so we're going to shut it down. Um, we are going to allow the opportunity, because we are live, we're going to allow the opportunity for this this group that's with us, that stayed with us. We had a couple leave and tell us that, they gave us the thumbs They were down. slinging stones at they us. They were slinging stones. That's okay. Um, but we're going to shut it down. So this was a quick episode. This was about half the length of our normal episode. But we will be, ba- will we be blah, blah, back on Thursday night with um, another episode. The reason we didn't have one this past Thursday is because I left my computer at my office for Atta two girl. days and didn't know it. Had a girl. So, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to pray us out, and then we will um, – we will see y'all next week. Hey, but before you before you leave, if you're listening to this and the and the people in the uh, the people listening live right now, um, go to Spotify. Look for Slinging Stones, Slinging without the G at the end. Uh, click the follow and the bell button, and it will notify you every time that we put a new episode out. And then once you listen to a couple episodes, you can rate us. And if you put a five star, that may help more people listen. And they'll send you twenty dollars. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to pray us out. <laughs> I'm going to pray us out. And then uh, we uh, we hope you all have a blessed and uh, just unbelievable, awesome Sunday. God, uh, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the opportunity to be obedient to you. We pray that uh, if someone that's listening or someone in this room has, you know, is battling obedience, that, that, that they would start... Um, going to you and trying to see, you know, where they're lacking and, and where they're, you know, having you reveal where they're lacking and, and what they need um, to become more obedient for you, God. And we just pray that 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 if if they can find those areas where they're lacking, that they would become a better uh, child of God, that they would become a better um, uh, evangelist for God in the world, and they would uh, look for you to open pathways and doorways and put people in places and things in front of them that would glorify you and to better their life. God, we thank you for everything that you do for us, everything that you have done for us, and everything that you will do for us. And we pray for a great and wonderful Sunday service, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.